Hey everyone, welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. and my passion is seeing you experience a life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the Unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. All right, welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello everyone, welcome to the Unstoppable Show. I'm your host, Ralph Graves Jr., and I'm thrilled to be with you today on this, my maiden voyage. If it's your first time here, guess what? It's my first time here, too. <laughs> Love to tell you guys a little bit about myself before we get started. I'm a retired police officer. I'm a pastor. I'm the CEO of um, the Gulfstream Way, which is a coaching firm focused on creating some lasting transformation in people's lives. I figured I'd, I'd do that after working 20 years on the streets as a, a police sergeant. I saw firsthand what caused some people to stay where they are and others to rise out of their circumstances to become unstoppable. So I decided to to really help folks along with that. On this show, on this unstoppable program, on this wonderful platform that we have, we will interview other unstoppable people and learn from them, learn from them really what keeps them moving so that we can all be unstoppable together, so we all can live an unstoppable life. And so today, my very first program on this maiden voyage today, I have a young lady on the show named Megan Zink. Megan, Megan Zink is a content and demand generation marketer and creative, and she has a creative mind, passionate about ongoing education, data-supported storytelling, visuals, communication. She is a published photographer, journalist, public speaker, recently the host of her own podcast. I'm lucky to have her here. She has a, 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 she's been fortunate enough to travel since she was young. She believes um, it's one of the best teachers for lifelong learning is traveling. It's one of the best teachers there is. Um, you can usually find her learning something new like astrophotography. I guess I want to talk to you about that today. Outdoor hiking, rollerblading, running, doing yoga. She loves exploring different cultures through food and art. Megan is also the founder of Color and Curiosity, the background in journal journalism. Over eight years in marketing industry, 15 plus years of digital and darkroom photography experience. Megan loves helping elevate others' voices through interviews, editorial, and creative endeavors. Color and Curiosity was not only a platform to share others' voices or other stories, but a destination for those who want to foster their sense of curiosity and ongoing learning through guides, media, a podcast and other outlets. Welcome, Megan, to the Unstoppable Show. Megan, did I get it oh, all right? Oh my gosh, Ralph! I, I'm just thank you so much for having <laughs> me on here. First of all, I have to share some uh, some news with you. This is my first time actually being a guest on a podcast, so wow. I am so honored and just beyond excited to be here um with you on your maiden voyage um and yeah let's talk about astrophotography <laughs> yeah i gotta talk about let's, that because that, that's uh, my wife has me it. looking at the stars all the time and i'm like okay honey oh cool uh, but listen this yeah. is awesome so this is my maiden voyage my maiden voyage your maiden voyage welcome I, i'm just so glad you said yeah i'll come on you could have said no but you said yes so thank you Absolutely. I'm thrilled. Um, again, cannot wait to just dive in and, and talk to you about uh, 
unstoppability. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, tell us, what do you have going on in your life right now? Tell us a little bit about what you have going on right now. What's what's Megan learning and doing right now? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I, a lot. Um, I, I actually, I say sometimes that I have shiny object syndrome where I just like, I see a new thing and I'm like, let's try it. Let's go for it. And (laughs) as you kind of alluded to, that happens to be podcasting and (laughs) happens to be doing it also on fireside. So, um, that's a really fun thing that I'm learning. Um, I actually just uh, only about a year and a half ago switched jobs and I now am the director of demand gen marketing, which is kind of like inbound marketing for a uh, SaaS, which is software as a service company okay. um, that uses natural language processing to read large amounts of text like reviews and then give okay. businesses insights. So I'm managing a team um, of inbound marketers and that is an ongoing learning experience. Let me tell you, having yeah. other people's fate in your hands is not something I take lightly. So yeah. I try to be a coach, a, a mixture of a coach and an educator for them. Um, it's different, you know, from being an independent uh, contributor. So <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then uh, I just got back from this amazing little historic town called Sedalia, Missouri. Uh, and Where, what's I, it called again? Where is it? Sedalia. Okay. Um, it's about it's right in between St. Louis and Kansas City. Okay. And I was actually asked to go there and do a travel journalism story. And I said, hell yeah, let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. a little bit about what I've got going on right at this moment. Well, that's awesome. Now, this program's called Unstoppable, and, and all of us have, um, we've had challenges in life, you know, and, um, you know, we, we've had to get over them. So talk to us to share with us a moment. I mean, because you have it going on now, Megan. I mean, you, you really do. But talk to us about a moment where you said, you know what? I, I this this is tough. Do I, am I in the in the right space in the right place? Where did that shift occur for you? For maybe you had to leave something to get into where you are now. But when when did you have to say to yourself, "Listen, this this can't stop me. I have to answer my calling." Do you care sharing that with us? Of course. Um, you know, it's hard to pick just one moment where yeah, I have yeah. felt that. Right. I realize, um, you know, in many circumstances, especially I'm just thinking about social media because I actually I have a background in social media. I started in social media marketing. That was my first marketing role out of school. And it's just such an interesting platform. And it really just I mean, I I had a suspicion like I knew that it wasn't the whole story before highlight reel became like a household term. (laughs) <laughs> and it's hard because I, I realize like what I put out there, it's, it's tough because I'm, you know, creating stuff and I just want people to know that it is not all fun and sunshine and rainbows. It is, it's just been a really tough, uh, I think it goes back to my background. I consider myself kind of a generalist and okay. I always was interested in multiple different things. So I didn't just study one thing in school. I didn't just pursue one hobby. I didn't just work one job. Like I just did all the things. Um, I, I say, yes, I'm like, yes. And let's try it and see what happens. And, um, so I think with doing that, I thought I was going to shoot myself in the foot. And that was a, that was the first point where I was like, did I, am I even supposed to be here? Is this the one thing I'm supposed to be doing at this moment? And I just consistently am questioning that all the time. I I joke that I'm kind of going through a forest, uncovering rocks. That's like, are you my passion? 
Are you my pastor? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Um, So I guess to answer your question, it's all the time. It's like, um, I, I, I have a lot of imposter syndrome. Um, I mean, being on this app surrounded by greatness, I think, and, and yourself, and, um, I'm, (laughs) I'm going to be vulnerable and say, that's how I feel. I know a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome, but keeping going, um, listening to the encouragement of others has been really helpful. Let me tell you about imposter syndrome since you talked about it. Um, you belong here. So don't feel like an imposter whatsoever. You you belong here. You belong in this space. You belong. You 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 belong where you are. You 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 what you're doing are, are great things. You are not an imposter. You are legit. You are authentic. And um, I suffered from that until somebody said those very same words to me. So I want to encourage you with that. You are not in any way, shape or form an imposter. I mean, what you do and what you're doing and how you're teaching and how and how you're sharing your experiences. This is what you were created to do. This is what you were created to do. I know sometimes we sit back and say, OK, this is the same guy who screwed up in seventh grade or a long way from elementary school. <laughs> we're a long way from high school. So, you know, we're a long way from those places. But but you are not an imposter and I appreciate what you do. Thank you for doing it. Oh, Ralph, thank you so much. Thank you for doing that. And, and that's why it's just, you know, you, you talk about your imposter syndrome insecurities and, and then you get uh, wonderful communities and people such as yourselves telling you otherwise. And it's it's really that is what <laughs> helps to make someone unstoppable, I think. Sure. Hey, let's talk about this astrophotography. And I'm going to talk, and I have to ask you about it because being married to someone who's always looking at the stars, I mean, my wife is a nurse by profession. Um, um, She's a a nurse by profession, but she loves astronomy. She loves pointing out Big Dipper and all that other kind of stuff to me, Orion's Belt. You know, is, is that what that's about? Do you take pictures of those things? What is that about? You know, I try. Yeah. So um, astrophotography is a very big, intimidating, maybe looking word. (laughs) Yeah. Night sky photography. And I was just always fascinated. I think, honestly, my I have like a fixation on the Milky Way. So my my subject of choice has been the Milky Way. Um, And I always wanted to try it. I was like, I looked at these photos and I was like, again, like there is no possible way that I could create something like that because it must take, you know, a lot of technical know-how must take a lot of skill. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what if I just tried it? And my husband and I actually took a road trip out to California this past fall to visit family um, safely. Of course, during the pandemic, we didn't really feel comfortable flying. And, and actually it was wonderful because we ended up stopping over in Colorado and then Moab, Utah. Okay. And I had read, a lot about, you know, I'm from the city of Chicago. I live downtown, which is not a very nice place to do astrophotography. <laughs> you can't really <laughs> see much of anything, too much light pollution. Um, but I started getting really into like dark sky parks and understanding places where you could actually, the light pollution is so low that you can actually see the stars. All right, let, let's night. pause right there. Let's, let's pause. I, I'm sorry. Let, I had a pause. There's such a thing as dark sky parks. Yes, there is. It's um, there's an International Dark Sky Association. Really? And can act- yes. And they are designated. They're like they have to go through a lot of different like uh, vetting processes and certification programs. So, so let me say and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going off on a tangent, but, 
It's just what no, I do. Okay. How do I find a dark sky park near me? Like that would be the awesome date for me to take my wife on. Oh, yes, it would. Um, so I found them. If you just type in like dark sky park in Google, yeah. um, that will probably get you or like International Dark Sky Association. Okay. Uh, I think it's IDA.org maybe. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Enough about me and my dating life with my wife. <laughs> All right. Go on. Continue on, please. Continue. Yeah. Um, so I, I discovered that Arches uh, National Park was one of them. And um, okay. embarrassingly for all of the outdoor adventure that I do, I had never officially been to a national park until I went to Rocky Mountain National Park. And okay. it was just life changing. So wow. um, I ended up, I did so much research. Basically, I just needed a special lens. I looked for the right price point, didn't want to break the bank because I was like, what if I totally failure? I'm a miserable failure. And I ended up doing all of that preparation. I ended up getting out there. Um, I had to be patient because astrophotography is very contingent on weather circumstances. So okay. if there's okay. clouds uh, and I knew I wanted, I mean, you could take pictures of clouds and stuff. It would be cool, but I really knew I wanted the Milky Way. So right. I waited very patiently uh, in Colorado when we stopped over there were, it was like high nineties and there was a lot of smoke, unfortunately from forest fires. And there was a blizzard that came in randomly. It dropped like 60 degrees in one day. And I was like, wow. okay, this is a test of my patience. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was so excited. <laughs> um, so then we waited and in Moab though, I started practicing and I got pictures of the Milky Way. And I could okay. not believe it. I was like, I feel like I am just cheating somehow. Like, I just didn't think that it was possible for me to do something like that. So now I'm just very interested in it. And I'm right. looking for every opportunity that I can. That's awesome. I, that's, <laughs> I love that. I, I love that, that you actually go out and really pursue what you love to do. Let me ask you this. You sound like somebody in your travels who have met a lot of people in your experience, what do you think makes somebody unstoppable? That is a great question. I do seem to feel like I know a lot of people. I would have to say the people who don't take no for an answer, like okay. maybe it's a no, but then, but really it's maybe just a no in that moment or maybe yeah. like a no for now, but not later. Um, and I think somebody who really taps into their passion yeah. um and they are i think typically always really excited about learning because they always just want to be getting better and doing something different and learning something new sure that's all yeah yeah so you sound like a person who doesn't take no for an answer i know i don't i know that just there has to be a way even even when i, I come across the challenge i'm like no wait a minute there's got to be a way to do it we're going to figure this out yeah, it's, it is about, I think I'm just in, it's actually funny. A lot of um, feedback that I've gotten uh, from friends and family and, and even my colleagues and my team, it's like, mm -hmm. sometimes people will be like, I just wanted to complain to you and have somebody listen to me and not go straight into problem solving mode. <laughs> I am <laughs> yeah. like, okay, now I know I'm, I'm becoming to learn to be self-aware to say, what do you need from me in this moment? Is, do you need problem solving or do you want me to just listen? Because I tend to find that I, I default into problem solving mode and I'll, I'll go out and find a workaround. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, yeah. Hey, Megan, tell us more about color and curiosity. Like it, 
you know, tell us about that and, and how, how do we become a part of it? Where do we find it? How do we drive people to it? What, tell us more about Color and Curiosity. Yeah. So, um, so I started, I have been a lover of travel. I've been super fortunate. I mean, you know, obviously not everybody gets these opportunities, but my, my mom's actually a retired flight attendant for Delta and my family just believes in travel. And so from a young age, we were, we had the opportunity to just, you know, go on different trips and things. And so ever since then, I've always been fascinated by travel, wanted to be a photographer. So I studied photography, high school, and college, and I'm counting like 18 years of it now. And I don't think I'll be stopping. Okay. Um, and so with all of those things, I started a travel, a blog for lack of a better, like a site. I don't like calling it a blog because I have a background in journalism. So I do a lot more. I do a lot of research, not to say that people don't, but I just, I really try to dig in, learn about it's more, history. it's more than a blog. You can, <laughs> yeah, you can exactly. say it. it's more than yes. a blog. It's more than a blog. So that was my first site. And it actually it's moderately excited.com. So because <laughs> I wasn't passionate about one thing. I was just moderately excited about all the things. So. <laughs> now that is creative, moderately excited. I, I like that. Okay. Yes. So that's where that came from. And so that became very focused on travel. And obviously in the before times, before the pandemic, it was a lot easier to have that. um, You know, I really loved getting people excited about things that they didn't know before, or just inspiring them to continually learn from travel. But it was a really singular voice. And so when the pandemic happened, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, the social injustices happened of George Floyd and, and everything. And I actually, um, so travel is a huge part of my identity. Sure. I also have an autoimmune disease called Crohn's. And okay. so when the pandemic hit, I had never, and this is actually something that I want to talk about because it kind of, it goes a little bit into, you know, unstoppability, I guess. I did it. I was terrified. Like I, so basically Crohn's, my, uh, my immune system is super overactive and it is so overactive that identifies like my digestive system as a foreign body and it attacks it. So I can, you can be anywhere on the spectrum. You can be, you can have a mild case that's like manageable. You can also, it's very life-threatening at times. And so I am lucky that I'm managing it. Um, but because of the unknown, you know, the unknown quantity of the virus and, you know, bodies never having seen it before, I did not know what would happen if I got it. Like if I would be really seriously affected, like, honestly, it was kind of like, well, if I get it, I might die. Like, right. so it became really, I was petrified to go anywhere. I, I got, I was already a germaphobe. (laughs) So I was like traveling with hand sanitizer before it was cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now now it's the the end thing to do, but I get it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it was, um, I just had never felt like defined by that before. Right. I never let it stop me from pursuing anything, like whether it was social interaction, social events, sports, anything. I always was like, I will do what I want and I'm not going to let Crohn's define me. And so when I was not able to travel, I was like, this is, this is just like, I can't do it. It was soul crushing. And I was like, I, oh my God, like this is a huge part of my identity. 
I don't know what to do. And so I started thinking about the fact that my original website was super like single-mindedly, not like single focus, like with a single voice, but I really wanted to start creating a platform that involved many voices and many perspectives. And I realized that the, you know, the isolation of the pandemic really took us away from humans and connecting. And I wanted to bring that connection back. So when I started Coloring Curiosity, it's an inclusive platform that aims to elevate the voices of travelers, uh, explorers, educators, entrepreneurs who use travel as an experiential learning tool and an empathy building tool. Yeah. And so with Coloring Curiosity, I wanted to bring in some of those travel guides, but then also really focus on interviews with the community members. Um, people doing cool stuff or, you know, educational things like tour tour guides and all of that. So that's a little bit of um, what catalysted Color and Curiosity. So how, how does one get on Color and Curiosity? Like, like, how do you, you know, how do you tell someone's story? Like, how do, you, how do you pick or choose to tell their story? That is a really good question. It is something I still struggle with. <laughs> I'm just because asking. I I'm just asking, story. that's all. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tell everyone's story. Um, if it were up to me, I would do it all day long. But I, I do love my full-time job too. So it's all stuff yeah. that I balance. Um, but I, yeah, it's really, um, you know, I, I really look for people who are doing interesting things. Again, that educational aspect. And, and it's really been a learning process. Like I didn't really quite know where it was going to go when I started it. I started mm-hmm. it with some different guardrails. It was mostly like I was investigating people in creative and technology and travel. And that was kind of how I was picking my subject matter. But then as I started telling these stories, I realized that I was gravitating toward educators, um, entrepreneurs, and then just people who are exploring um, and doing different things. So it's usually I'll, I'll somewhat have an idea of maybe the destination that I want to showcase and see if people are doing interesting things within that. And there are stories that should be told. Um, Obviously it is an inclusive platform. So excuse me. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm including all kinds of voices from all walks of life. Um, Sorry. I'm (laughs) losing my voice. Um, All walks of life, um, you know, all backgrounds, all races and, and uh, identifications and things like that. So that's and it was a perfect time. I was actually going to launch it like right when everything with George Floyd happened, and I was like, I really need to make sure that this gets built properly from the ground up. And so I have really worked hard to. I mean, I, everybody, I can always improve. Of course, I'll be the first to say that. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, that's how I'm looking. I'm just trying to get a good variety of different voices and and people who are passionate about what they're doing and want to share it with other people. I'm sure it's fascinating now, and I can't imagine what it will be as it continues to grow. Now, what I want to do, I'm going to open up the floor to some questions, but while you guys that are listening, and thanks for listening, you guys can be listening to anybody, but the fact you're here talking and listening to Megan and I, um, that's awesome for both of us. while they're thinking of their questions, Meg, let me ask you one last question that you and I will talk about real fast. What drives you? What drives Megan Singh? All what you told me is great. All that is lovely. I'm rooting for you. You, I'm now a, a huge fan of yours, but what drives you, Megan? 
That another great question, man. I think just that there's so much out there to know and learn and get excited about, and that you can always learn, right? Like there's always something to be learning and trying and yeah. failing at, but also learning from. Um, I think that's a, a thing that really motivates me and and drives as my north star. Well, you know what? It's it leads me to one more question. See, I, I'm sorry. I lied. Another question. So is it, I mean, cause I always have to, cause for me, I don't know whether it's the process or me reaching the goal that I like the best. And so I'm asking you the same question. Is it the process of, of, of doing it, of getting there? Or is it the satisfaction? Like what, I don't know. What gets the dopamine driving in you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it is with me. Good question. Yeah. So I think that my, um, I think what I respond to, because I've become very interested in like psychological um, understanding and like taking personality tests. And that yeah. was actually something that really helped me. I took the uh, Clifton Strengths Finder. I've taken the Colby. I've taken the 16 personalities. And I just am obsessed with like the psychology of the human. So um, <laughs> I think I'm really driven by a, a, achievement. and. Yeah. But I think that actually has changed a little because I've always been driven by the the dopamine hit of achieving my goal, right? And learning right. something. Right. Um, and and executing it successfully. But at the same time, I'm now able to take a step back and just I have to keep telling myself as I take on more things and I try new things, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, And so that's been a, a new mantra of mine. And so I would say that increasingly, I think it's actually learning from the journey. But ultimately, I'm like, yeah, I want to check that off my list. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. You guys got any questions for, for Megan out there? I see Terry does. How do I let Terry in the room? Hey, everyone. And Megan, this is Seth. Uh, I'm helping moderate and pull up some questions. Megan, awesome to hear more of your story and excited about where you're going. Um, we want to welcome Terry Ray to the stage. I had a question for you, but Terry pretty much has the same question. So, Terry, welcome to the stage. Uh, what question do you have for me? Hi, Terry. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Megan. Hey, Seth. Um, so, I loved this conversation. It's like listening to a younger me, which I absolutely <laughs> love. <laughs> Only a much more accomplished younger me. So, that's also really cool. And I was a Pan Am flight attendant and a Delta flight attendant. So, FYI, wow. I, I may I have flown it. with your mom. I don't know. Oh, that's so funny. It's possible. It's totally possible. Wow. But my question, and this is, it's really interesting because this is what I explore is different is doing I, I learn by doing so how do you learn best like where you say you love to learn and I absolutely love to learn everything I have about a two-year stint on almost everything and then I have to move to something new because it's very exciting but how do you learn best yes. do you learn through um, doing or reading or all of the above video all of this I'm so fascinated by you well, thank you so much. Um, I that's so funny about uh, Pan Am and Delta. I love I love them. I would say, oh, it's a mixture. I I have appreciation for every type of platform, um, but I think probably experiential and learning by doing. Um, I was the kid, so I loved tinkering with the computer when I was younger, and I every time we like. 
the first one we ever got, my parents were like, let's read the instruction manual. I was like, no, 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 nope, nope. Here's the power button. We're going to do it. Like I just, <laughs> I just messed around with it all the time. And that's how I learn. And I think that's kind of how um, I learn throughout my whole life. I just have to try it for myself. That's kind of how it goes. I, I absolutely love that. Totally agree. Got to learn it by just tinkering and get another funny thing is I worked for Apple for a little bit because <laughs> so <laughs> multi-passionate, never stopping. I love you. I think you're adorable. And Ralph, you're an amazing interviewer. Thank you so much. I will gently tuck myself back into the audience. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Thank you, so Thank much, you Terry. Terry. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Seth. Wonderful. Anybody else, anybody else got any more questions? Megan, I have a question for you and anybody that's in the crowd. If you guys have a question for Megan or for Ralph, um, feel free to request to speak and we'll bring you up on stage. Um, and before I ask my question, I just want to say I, I totally understand the value of experiential learning. And um, there's a nonprofit here in Colorado that I am on the board of and they work with at risk, at risk families and at risk children. And one of the things that they do uh, that I think is awesome is they get these kids from at-risk communities and they take them out to learn how to fly fish. They take them out to learn like hiking and backpacking because they've just seen that like when people are experiencing things firsthand, it's, you're so much more likely to be learning life skills. Um, so I think oh, that's yeah. amazing. With you. What's it called? Uh, it's I'm called the Matthews House. That's awesome. Um, and I'm actually right now I'm about a, I'm about an hour away from, Pueb uh, not from Pueblo, from uh, Moab right now. So it was fun hearing you talk about arches and all that stuff because I'm close to there right now. Um, but for you, I, so you have this desire to learn from other people or to like learn what other people are learning through travel and different things. I'm guessing that that means that there's like some pretty big things or moments for you from when you've been traveling. So are there like some, in your travels, are there some moments or stories that stand out that were particularly impactful for you that then led you to be like, okay, I want to like other people have to have some of these moments and I want to learn from them. Yes. Oh my gosh. And where to start. But I think one of them, um, one of the most pivotal experiences in my background is Again, I'm very privileged to have been able to travel. Um, not many people get to do that. With What I'm also trying to do with Coloring Curiosity is like, how do we make that more accessible for people? Um, it's a pretty, pretty complicated process, but I, I want to learn more about it. So I had the opportunity to study abroad in Florence, um, and I didn't elect to do a full semester, but I did an eight-week program. I studied Renaissance art history and drawing, and it was just the... I cannot explain like the ability to learn something in a classroom and then go look at the thing is just unparalleled. So I think that was one thing that really stood out. And I was like, wow, I get to actually hands on, like walk through this cathedral or, you know, something. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is I am so embarrassed to say this, but um, I, I didn't like it while I was doing it. And it sounds like such it's like, what a absolutely privileged thing to say. Like you, you were studying abroad, but you didn't even like it. It's like, I was so uncomfortable. I had never traveled on my own before. I, 
I just, I thought I hated it. I thought I was homesick, but what I realized in hindsight was that I was just really freaking uncomfortable because I was learning at the time <laughs> and I was learning how to be independent and I was learning how to walk through a community that didn't necessarily speak English, which I so appreciated. I love the fact that Florence is not like Rome where not everybody speaks English. Like I really had to try and I really wanted to meet people where they were and it was really important to me. So I learned some basic Italian and I then fell back on my Spanish. <laughs> I was like, okay, worst case scenario, if we speak Spanish, maybe you'll kind of get the gist of what I'm talking. And I found that that commonality of pointing and laughing and smiling and body language was just, you know, that was a common denominator of people and human connection. So that was a pretty pivotal moment for me. Um, and that was, you know, something that I now want to learn, like, how do I get other people to have that opportunity? Um, I, you know, I, I worked to help pay for it. And I realized that I, again, I come from an extremely privileged background. So like, how do I get other people to be able to do that too? Um, and then the other one, and it's just kind of, I think, going back to these preconceived notions that you, that someone may have before they actually experience something. So Cuba, um, I was able to go, my mom and I were able to go before they stopped allowing group people to people travel, which is, there's a lot of, if somebody were to just look at it and then say, oh, wow, that seems really complicated. You might distill it down to like a phrase, like you're not allowed to go to Cuba, which you are, but it just takes a lot of different research and making sure that you fulfill a lot of different things. And um, so we were able to cruise there with Norwegian before they had to shut them down. And I was at one point, I was like, should we be going? There was, you know, I was reading some research and it was like, you have to um, make sure you have a full itinerary of approved activities because they have to support the Cuban people, which I'm all for. But it just seems so complicated. And then I, I called my mom and I was like, mom. This is this is like a lot. Should we even be going? All right, like I'm a little bit nervous. And you know, they, the, the <clears throat> U.S. government. It's not really about Cuba. It's about the U.S. government not wanting us to really interact with the Cuban government. And so, you can go there. We should be going there. We should be supporting the people because they need the support. And so we ended up going. And I was just, I was kind of scared. And we got there and, oh my gosh, the Cuban people are the most ebullient people that I've ever met. And they're just so joyful and full of life and so happy and knowing their history and, you know, oppression that has been there um, in, in our sense of it and seeing despite that, how happy they are and just like so happy to share their culture with you was just completely just blew up my world. <laughs> basically it just was so eye-opening and wonderful um and it was it was really pivotal that's that's awesome i definitely <laughs> recognize that we have yeah there's some countries that we just were like oh yeah that one's not you know you can't can't go there um but it's just a lot of preconceived yes. notions and there's there's people there and there's lessons there um and different things so if anybody else in the audience has a question for Megan or for Ralph before we kind of begin to wrap this up, uh, then feel free to ask a question. Ralph, any last questions that you have before we get going? I tell you what, this was my maiden voyage, and I'm so glad that uh, we had Megan on. Megan, you are a 
a ray of sunshine. <laughs> you are a ray of sunshine. And thank you for, for teaching us uh, what you taught us today. Thank you for um, opening up our eyes to some different things. And I, for sure, if I don't do anything else, I'm going to look for a dark sky park. Yes. Where, Ralph, where? Are I'm you in New Jersey. Today? Okay. So, what is kind of interesting is when you look at a map, you'll find like a dark sky, like a light pollution map. Right. The east, eastern seaboard is lit up like a Christmas tree. I it's know. Like, it's tough. So, I know. I know. We can't see little, anything. Little tough. But if you zoom in, there are pockets of like darkness. You will find them. Um, okay. And and I have been very surprised at like, despite what the maps say, there's actually a, quite a lot of different factors that can play into like how much visibility you get. So if, if it's cold, like that can help if it's, so just, yeah, go to internationaldarksky.org. I think it is, or IDA.org okay. um, or, or just search for dark sky park on Google and you'll totally find something near you. Uh, I'm excited will. for you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited that, uh, Again, that you were on this program um, today, that you are the first guest ever on Unstoppable. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Um, and I'm I'm so just you're unstoppable, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, you keep telling everybody that, but I want you to know that you are unstoppable as well. Uh, and thank you for for creating this, because I think, you know, people people can benefit so much from that encouragement. Well, thanks for saying that. Thanks for saying that. Guys, if there's no more questions, I'm going to wrap it up. It's been, this has the, been the Unstoppable program with Megan Zink. She's been our guest. Guys, if you're hosting anything, call Megan. Get in contact with Megan. I mean, if, if you're even, <laughs> listen, if you're feeling down about anything, <laughs> call Megan. She'll lift you up. Well, I would say the same for you, Ralph, because I, <laughs> I want to just bottle up what you just told me and like keep it on my desk for a rainy day. <laughs> well, it's true. And I, and I meant every word of it, meant every word of it. So thank you so much for being on the program. Guys, my name is Ralph Graves. You can find me at com. Find me on here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere. And, and I, and I hope, um, Megan, this won't be the last time you're on this program. If I ask you back, will you come back and hang out with me? Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to. I would be so honored. Sounds great. Everybody have a wonderful day. My name is Ralph Graves. That was Megan Zink. Let's be unstoppable together. Hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed this unstoppable conversation. I want to make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week, we record these conversations live on Fireside. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. If you want to join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the Unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Every week I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.